Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, May 12, 2021, and today we are reading from the Big Book in Chapter 4, and we're at page 56, the fifth paragraph, reading that one paragraph, thus was our friend's cornerstone fixed in place. And today's readers are, and thank you for your service, for the 12 steps, Susan H., for the 12 Traditions, Davlin E., and reading the text are Patricia C. and Lauren M. The newcomer greeter is Deborah F., and the host of the second hour is Sandy W. The reference numbers for Tuesday, May 11th, 2021, 7 a.m., is 16,922. That's 16922. And for the 10 a.m., is 16,923. That's 16923. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous, is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Susan H. to read the 12 steps. Good morning. This is Susan H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Ohio. 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening, As the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I pass. 
Thank you, Susan. And I will now ask Davalyn E. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, everyone. My name is Davalyn E. and I am a compulsive eater recovering gratefully and joyfully in Manitoba, Canada. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Tradition one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants, they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And Tradition 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for the opportunity to serve, and may you all have a day full of peace and contentment. I pass. Thank you, Davalyn. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discuss discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers, it's six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To pre share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute, to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 56, the fifth paragraph, thus was our friend's cornerstone fixed in place, reading one paragraph only, and I will ask Patricia C. to begin reading. Good morning, Patricia C. in Raleigh, North Carolina. 
Thus, our friend's cornerstone fixed in place. Thus was our friend's cornerstone fixed in place. No later vicissitude has shaken it. His alcoholic problem was taken away. That very night, years ago, it disappeared. Save for a few brief moments of temptation, the thought of drink has never returned. And at such times, a great revulsion, a, a great revulsion has risen up in him. Seemingly, he could not drink, even if he would. God had restored his sanity. I'm sort of nervous. This is my first time actually like being the one who starts the reading. So I'm messing up my words and I'm slightly shaking, but um, I appreciate your patience. So the first thing that I just wanted to point out was what vicissitude means, because I, I don't know. Um, and so, in, in fact, I've, every time I've read this, I have to look it up because I forget. But um, it means basically like an unwelcome change. So no later unwelcome sh change has shaken um, this cornerstone, this cornerstone of this faith. Um, and I just, I think this, this paragraph right here for me um, is, is such a miracle because that's what I experienced is that, you know, I did have, an, I wasn't an agnostic. I did have a relationship with um, my higher power, with God. And um, along, the, along the path, um, it got blocked up and um, I was further and further from God. Um, through fear and dishonesty um, and um, self-seeking behavior and all kinds of things. Um, but um, since I got in program, I got recovered last year. It's just been a miracle that it's kind of an upside down theory is that, you know, you think, oh, I want to eat, I want to eat, I want to eat. And then the only thing that's going to relieve it is eating. But um, the opposite is true. Um, really, instead of focusing on the eating, I have to focus on my my relationship with God. I have to to have God take that away from me. I can't actually do it. Like I am powerless, which means I also don't need to be hard on myself and hate myself because I have a, a story where I keep going back and back to food. But um, but I am powerful powerless against it. So what's my responsibility is to maintain that relationship with God. And um, what it's talking about right here, his alcohol problem was taken away save for a few brief moments of temptation it's never returned but even if it did he was revolved um it also is what it promises us in our ninth step basically it says that um as soon as we just begin that journey like you don't even have to complete all your amends like you just have to start it and those promises start coming true and it did for me where you know sometimes i don't really think about food that's not the food that i'm supposed to have that's that i can't have because um it creates cravings in me but every now and then I do, I see a video ad on TV or whatever, and it just like pops in my head, like that sounds nice. And then I, I just remember, I remember all the pain and the misery it's caused me and that uncontrollable feeling. And I got to tell you before I got, went through program, I never remembered that stuff. I don't remember it till after I'd eaten it. And so that right there is one of the biggest miracles I've seen in program, um, yeah, and so then I realize it's from there's something off in me, and maybe it's because I've had cravings, or maybe I'm going through a stressful time, and I need to spend more time with God and do 10, 11 steps, or do 12 steps, that kind of stuff. But anyway, um, that last sentence, God had restored time, humanity. <laughs> it's a miracle, and thank you, and I pass. 
Thank you so much, Patricia, for getting us started. So we're on page 56, the fifth paragraph. Thus was our friend's cornerstone fixed in place. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience. So who would like to share? Marcia. Nancy P. Barbara E. Adriana T. Nancy T. Ross M. Okay, let's just um just one second. I, I heard a lot of names. So there was someone very first before Russ M, but then I have Russ M, Nancy P, Barbara E, Adriana T, and Nancy T. So who spoke up before Russ M? Marcia P. Uh, okay, I'll put you at the end there, Reba. And who was the other one? Marcia D. Oh, I wasn't mute. Leah S. I'm sorry. Marcia D. and Leah S. Okay. Um, okay, that's a great lineup. So I have Marcia D., Russ M., Nancy P., Barbara E., Adriana T., Nancy T., Reba P., and Leah S. And I apologize if I got the order wrong. And here we go. Go ahead, please, Marcia D. Yes, good morning, and thank you for your service. I'm Marcia D. I'm a recovering compulsive reader in uh, Ohio. And thus was our friend's cornerstone fixed in place. No later vicissitude has shaken it. As I'm hearing this, as I'm reading this today, I'm feeling gratitude toward my late father. He was um, an alcoholic, and I never really looked at him as an example in my life. But as I read this, I realized, you know, when he died, he died 26 years sober. He was completely relieved of his compulsion to drink. And so in some ways, after all, he can be a role model to me. And I just, um, I think God's kind of putting that on my heart today to realize. So I am very newly recovering. This is day 20. And um, as it says here, stay for a few brief moments of temptation. The thought of drink has never returned. Today, God's put me in a place of neutrality. And I'm very grateful for all of you on the line that are helping me, and especially my sponsor, and just feeling God's grace. So um, it's it's nothing short of a miracle. The relapse I've been in was pretty sick and pretty long. So thank you, and that's all I have. Thank you so much, Marsha. Okay, Russ M., you're up, followed by Nancy P. Good morning, Katie. Thanks so much for your service, man. I'm sitting here like a blithering idiot, almost breaking down, listening to this this part of the book and that how things were restored. And I don't know, I'm just an emotional guy today, thinking, you know, where, where I came from and what, what's happening now in life. And it's just the normal things, you know, being able to uh, take care of my family, not freak out when, when – uh, you know, things don't go my way, or when I have all these challenges that life throws at you, and and I'm not 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 a maniac. You know, I'm doing the, the normal things pretty much. And yes, I, you know, I'm out of the food. I don't crave the food, but I'm also getting better at handling and managing life as a, as a rational. I don't want to say sane because you know I'm still a little off, but you know, a, a regular person. And it is a miracle. You know, my whole life was upside down, and it was a train wreck. I know everybody heard this a million times, and I, I repeat, it's just 
I can't I can't help but repeat because I was so it was just bad. It was just bad. And then I think of Dr. Bob and Bill and Abby and Silky and everybody that had a part in this in this book. And then I think of this crew right here on this line. And God, it's like God is has revealed himself to me through this garbage of an addiction and way of life that destroyed everything. But I'm so glad that, that it, that's who I am because I would never have, you know, being normal. That Well, not normal. You understand, just being able to deal with life now at 48 years old. And I'm just grac- gr- grateful, just grateful that uh, – I don't know. I'm going on. I'm an emotional mess today. Just listen to this little small paragraph and and Katie running a meeting and the people sharing and just have a lot of gratitude because I was dying and uh, I'm doing okay now. So love you. Keep up the great work. Love you guys. Thank you, Russ. Um, now you're making me cry. So go ahead, Nancy P. And then Barbara E. Hi, good morning. Nancy P. in West Newton, Massachusetts, right next to Boston, recovered today. Um, I love this. This was our cornerstone, our friend's cornerstone fixed in place. And for me, you know, when I go over this chapter with my sponsees, you know, I talk about, um, you know, not to like beat a dead horse here, but, you know, um, earlier in the chapter, we have to decide what we want God to be and what we want God to do for us. And, you know, that was a new concept to me in spite of the fact that I've had this book. I got it as a gift from my parents in 1979. I've had it for a long time. And, um, you know, I never pondered that. And when I finally defined a higher power that I could live with, you know, um, that I could embrace, that I could trust and all that, then, you know, I stepped from, <clears throat> excuse me, bridge to shore. And I have never... Um, had a problem with hurting myself with food since since then and that was my cornerstone and no later vicissitude has shaken it i'm really glad the the first speaker brought up the word vicissitude it is an unwanted change so you know i've been i've said i'm um, that's it i'm not going to do it anymore i've gone to different diets diet workshop weight watches whatever diet you know that you see in the magazines and all that i did all of that i did everything in and out of program to try to beat the game and it was only when i um surrendered and defined this higher power that my cornerstone was set in place. And when you think about what a cornerstone is, it's the first stone of the foundation of a building. So for its whole life, it has to hold in place, you know, set the place where a building is going to be built. And um, so this was my cornerstone set in place and no later unwanted circumstances have shaken it. You know, I, had to get off that elevator that continues to go down. It only is a down elevator, doesn't go up, when my poor girl was cutting herself and burning herself to death. And I was howling in fear and pain and rage. And, you know, when I surrendered and I set my cornerstone in place, I didn't eat in spite of that storm that got much worse once I stopped eating. She got worse and I got better. And I didn't eat so much as an extra grain of rice. And I I don't pick and lick. I don't put anything in my mouth except what I've decided is going to be for that day. And, um, you know, it's unshakable. And 
It has been, and I've had I've been tested. And by the way, I've been tested by that horrible family catastrophe, and tested by somebody who bashes my cart in the grocery store. You know, I look like everybody else, but I feel like I need to call nine one one, or I did used to feel like I had to call nine one one if that happened. And today. I don't. Today, you know, nothing shakes it, small or little, because there is no problem, big or small, that this book has not solved for me. And the answer begins with my usual nine million guesses, everybody. Surrender, surrender, surrender. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy T. Barbara, I mean, P as in Paul. Barbara E., you're up, followed by Adriana T. Did you say Barbara E.? I did. Good. Thank you so much for your service. Wonderful day today. Well, I found that I've changed so much through the two decades since I first came into OA. Of course, I came in for a diet, not to find a higher power. And when I heard about it, I was skeptical and judgmental. Um, That's how it was when I started. I was really handicapped by unreasonable prejudice, but I was not a happy person. I alternated between being really fat or really thin, but either way, I was still unhappy. Now, the people who said they believed in some kind of God, whether it was good orderly direction or the spirit of the universe, did have something I didn't have, and I wanted it. I needed it but I was lacking in the humility I needed. So I dug my feet in and I did this 12 steps half-heartedly. So that's what I got, half of nothing. I had to change my attitude and that meant accepting that I was no longer in charge. In fact, when I finally accepted that I was powerless, everything began to change. Um, uh, I had to ask my special power every single day. I needed that cornerstone that was mentioned, that willingness to be firmly put in place. Today, to know that there will be rough times, but, but to have acceptance that my higher power would be with me. And if the actions of others irritated me, I had to see that I had a part in it. My sponsor told me to get off the pity pot, to stop saying everything like, poor me, poor me, poor me, a milkshake. She said to me, Barbara, if you sit on that pity pot much longer, you're going to get around, get a red ring around your you-know-what. I really had to look at myself very clearly. And this chapter that we're just finishing very soon helped me to do just that to lay aside prejudice, and to say a prayer to God every day and thank God for another day of abstinence and to show me what I can do to be of service. And the keystone of the program is being the Good Samaritan every single day, giving service to others. The foundation stones, of course, it's foundation stone is at the top of the arch. All the steps firmly placed together. They make beautiful, beautiful music. I love the meetings because I hear so much. I love the fellowship because I know I can call so someone. 
But I know Johnny, I need please. All, thank you. I know I need all of them if I want the promises that they the twelve steps contain in this book. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. Adriana T, you're up, followed by Nancy T. Hi, thank you for your service. This is Adriana T, recovered in Detroit, Michigan. And I really felt compelled to share on this paragraph because early in recovery, I was always freaked out about, well, when am I going to have neutrality about food? Oh, I had a food thought. Oh, no, my recovery is not good. And just kind of freaking out about food thoughts or just judging myself about not having a certain level of neutrality that I thought I needed to have. And so I just kind of wanted to share with the person that's maybe new in recovery that my experience was not quite like a lightning bolt of like never think about food again. Um, and I have a lot of people ask about this. So um, basically what happened for me was kind of like what was shared in the first share is that um, as time went on, um, when I'd have a food thought, there was always a counter God thought that was like, nope, you know what's going to happen if you pick up that food. Um, and I would kind of think about the pain that I experienced before. And that's kind of what I thought about, what I came to realize was that that's the sanity that had returned was that I was realizing the consequences to that choice. And, you know, there was enough space in between that thought and my next action that was saying that I, you know, really thought about the consequences of what that would mean. And I had, you know, the headspace to be able to say, okay, do I want to make this choice and, you know, nosedive into another relapse? Or do I want to keep going and talk about these feelings with someone else? Um, do a 10th step on fear. Um, and it's amazing. Over time, I didn't have as many food thoughts anymore. And I wasn't afraid of the food. Um, you know, the big book talks about we could go into any sordid place, you know, if we're spiritually fit. And I think for me, it was getting my mind off of that fear, asking God to remove that fear about food thoughts and food and uh, getting my focus on to other things. You know, how can I grow in my relationship with God? How can I be of more service to others? What else is going on inside me besides fear about food? You know, if I can backtrack, is there something that I need to 10 step? So, um, you know, it does get better is what I would say to the person that's more of a Dr. Bob like me, where I kind of look at things like you're either a Bill or a Bob, you know, Bill was kind of had that lightning bolt and, you know, think about drinking again. And Bob, you know, struggled for two years with thoughts about drinking. So, um, you know, we're all kind of different on our journey and to not, you know, judge ourselves so harshly, but look at the gratitude and the sanity that's returned in, in your life. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you, everyone. Have a great day. Thank you, Adriana T. Okay, Nancy T, you're up, followed by Reva P. Thank you. Good morning. Um, Nancy T, a compulsive reader from Lewiston, Idaho. So grateful to be on the call. I just really felt compelled when I um, read, heard this paragraph read 
I, my recent experience um, coming out of the last relapse, this whole time during the relapse, it was on and off probably most of the time through the pandemic, but um, I was praying daily, you know, the God, please help me show me what to do kind of prayers. But also I was reading spiritual literature and I even belonged to a group of ladies who studied spiritual literature weekly. And so I was telling people when I was able to be honest, most of the time I just lied to people, said, oh, I'm good, everything's fine. But when I was able to be honest and talked about my struggles, I said, I'm stuck spiritually because that's the lie the disease was telling me. And um, what happened was there was a night I got up, I turned out all the lights, I was headed to bed, and the thought came to me, it's almost like it was spoken out loud, get rid of the food. If you wake up in the morning, you're going to eat it and you're going to keep eating it. And I was like, you guys know when you're headed to bed, you're tired. I'm like, I'll do it in the morning. And I took one step and I stopped. and I said, no, I better listen. I got all the junk out of the house, took it up, put it in the garbage. Immediately when I took that action, I kind of felt like this person's mindset when he said, who are you to say there is no God? I felt that mindset change. No longer did I feel like I need to get abstinent, but I wanted to get abstinent. I wanted to grow. And at that time, it was like the light bulb turned on because now I can see it now that I've been clean for a little bit. I can see that the food was blocking me. I wasn't stuck spiritually. I knew what I needed to do. I just didn't want to do it. And so at that moment, I wanted to do it. And I got on the phone and I got on the meetings and I grabbed a sponsor and I've been working through the steps and it's only continued to grow. I am so grateful for that. I feel like God is restoring me to sanity. And um, I'm just so grateful that I listened to that still small voice because sometimes that's how God talks to me. And um, grateful to not be um, just obsessed with the food all the time. I can, I'm starting to be able to think clearly again and I'm able to be honest with people again. I'm not living a lie. Um, I just am, I, all I can say is I'm grateful. I feel like the cornerstone's fixed in place and in the book book where it says that once the cornerstone's fixed in place, then we begin to grow spiritually. So that's just a beginning and I'm doing the rest of the work to get to the recovered portion. So really grateful. Thank you for allowing me to share and thank you, Katie, for your service and I'll pass with that. Thank you, Nancy T. Uh, Reva P., you're up, followed by Leah F. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. This paragraph tells me if I have this cornerstone fixed in place, that life's ups and downs are not going to shake me, and they're not going to drive me to pick up my alcoholic or binge foods, ingredients, and behaviors. And what is the cornerstone? It's that need for a power greater than me and the willingness to believe that that power can relieve me of this bondage um, um, to the substance and to the um, crazy thoughts in my mind. And I just, I am just like um, in awe of the promise of this paragraph because what is the alcoholic problem? It's the... um, allergy of the body, the obsession of the mind. And this is telling me that it's like sort of busting the lie that circumstances, whether they're up or down, are what drove me to pick up, that I need to pick up because I am so angry, scared, 
anxious, um, excited, whatever. I need something to calm me down. Um, when this is telling me things can happen on the outside and I have this cornerstone, like this, this house built on a rock that all the wind in the world will not shake it. So I might feel discomfort, but the promise is that if I put my food my alcoholic foods, ingredients, behaviors down, and I work the steps, I can feel that discomfort. I can go through the discomfort without going back to the food. And at the beginning, the discomfort was the actual detox from the ingredients. And it was really uncomfortable coming off my um, sugar white flour. It was like real physiological detox. And now the discomfort is when things happen that are really, really um, serious, serious things in life. And we've all got them and I've heard people share that. But the alcoholic problem and the thought of drink doesn't return because it's like what it says in the promises of step 10. We are in a position of neutrality, not fighting it. It just comes. And that's the other thing that this paragraph tells me. God restores me to sanity. This is not white-knuckled abstinence through the crises and ups and downs of life and being a raging lunatic. This is like emotional sobriety with abstinence. And God does it for me as a result of working the steps. It's taken away. I don't take it away. So I just love that we get to the promise of differentiating the true from the false. No, I don't need to pick up because that's not going to make me feel better. I work the steps and I go to God, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Reva P. Okay, Leah S., you're up, and then we'll open it up for more shares. And we're on page 56, the last paragraph, the fifth paragraph. Okay, go ahead, please, Leah S. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Katie. Good morning, everybody. And um, oh, how powerful! Each and every sentence in this um, in this paragraph. I'm going to point out that very night, years ago, it disappeared. What disappeared? Oh my God! In October of 2014, I had a an awakening, and that was that. It became very personal, this whole thing. No more yo-yoing. It's, it's, this is it. This is it. And I remember how I cried. And you know what, guys? I never cried. I was cynical. I was really cynical. And that night I cried. And I felt it in my gut. In my gut. And the thought of drink has never returned. To think about today, I mean just this week, when the kids took me out and they bought the best food, Mother's Day, they complimented me. Oh, my God, Mommy, we can't recognize you. And all I did was say, oh, what a pretty picture. Oh, but wait till the dessert comes. And the dessert is also a beautiful picture. It didn't even occur to me. Who would ever have thought that this would have happened to me? Me, never. Never in a million years. It's personal. It's all about me. And um, I can't be enough. I I don't have enough gratitude that even today and every single day, 
that it still goes on and this is there's more to life than just that good feeling of sugar and starch whatever it can't even compare it but if you haven't tried it you can't even know what i'm talking about because each day this is such a, a revelation to me and thank you for letting me share i pass Sorry about that. <laughs> okay, thank you, Leah. And um, so we are on page 56, the fifth paragraph. Thus was our friend's cornerstone fixed in place, that one paragraph. So if you haven't shared this week, who else would like to share? Crystal oh, P. Darian K. Crystal B. Darian K. Carl B. Crystal P. Colleen M. I got you, Crystal. Colleen M. I heard a man but I didn't, was it Johan Carl, M? Carl B. Devorah S. Oh, Carl B. <laughs> Devorah S. I, okay, Devorah. Pardon me? Okay, this is who I have. I have Crystal P. I think I heard Darian K, Carl B, Colleen M, and Devorah S. We have Toby. 18 minutes, so we, oh, Toby W. Blanca BG, Vivian M. Blanca. Okay, um, Vivian. Okay, well, we have until 7.55, so I don't know that we'll get all of you, but we have Crystal P, Darian K, Carl B, Colleen M, Devorah S, Toby W, Blanca, I don't know, and Vivian, and I don't know your initials, but let's just go with Crystal P first, followed by Darian K. Hi, good morning. This is uh, Crystal P, Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Toronto, Canada. Um, for me, when I read this, what really stood out was that, you know, sanity with the food was just the first step for me. Over the last three years working these steps, I've been restored to sanity in my relationships, and that has been the biggest sort of frontier of recovery. And, you know, over the last three years, relationships with my mom, my dad, my sister, my friends, they've all been restored to sanity. And just this year... Um, I started dating someone for the first time at 35. And, you know, I, I don't know how to be a girlfriend, but today I have God to guide me. I have fellows who share their experience, strength, and hope with me. And I have the 12 steps that restore me to sanity every single day when I get twisted up by fear and resentment. And what's amazing to me is just this is how God works and restores me to sanity. Like, this man that I'm dating, he, I mean, he thinks I'm beautiful, which to, you know, a fat girl, that's music to my ears. But the things that he loves most about me, I have no control over. They're a direct result of God restoring me to sanity. You know, he loves the fact that I, I accept him the way that he is and don't try to change him. I'm compassionate when he makes a mistake. I don't do knee-jerk reactions. I reflect and I pause. I have enough mental space to remember the things going on in his life because I'm not constantly thinking of myself. Three years ago, I couldn't say yes to any of these things. I was nothing like this. This is a direct result of God working in my life, a direct result of, of the 12 steps of recovery. This program is a miracle. The sanity with food, yes, that's the first step, but to get to get restored to sanity in every area of my life. And it isn't easy. Relationships are much, much harder than the food, much harder. But my a fellow always reminds me, life is worth it. Life is worth getting into the muck of it, feeling the highest of highs and lowest of the lows, 
and allowing God to restore me to sanity in every area of my life every single day when I go to him. Thanks for letting me share iPad. Thank you, Crystal. Okay, now we'll have, I believe I heard Darian Kay followed by Carl B. You did, Katie. Thank you. Can you hear me okay? Okay. Uh, it's kind of loud. I'm not sure how you're talking, oh, okay. but it's kind of loud. Yeah, I have to talk hands-free. Let me just see if I can switch here. Okay. All right, I switched it. Uh, hopefully I won't get in trouble. <laughs> All right, I'm Darian Kay, um, a compulsive overeater um, from the Berkshires of Massachusetts, and um very grateful to be on the line with all of you. Um, so I, I consider myself like a visual learner. So when I was like thinking about Cornerstone, a couple of things came to mind. One was I worked, I was working with a little preschooler um, Monday and putting a puzzle together with him. And he didn't know that you put the corners in first and then work your way sort of out from there um, to make it easier you know, to do, to do the puzzle. And it just made me think of that. Like, that's sort of almost a cornerstone, right? It's sort of like a beginning of that um, solid foundation of being able to put something together. Um, and the other thing I thought of, too, is I, we have a program in our school called Cornerstone for Kids with Behavior Problems, and I think it's a safe place for them to go and get grounded and, um, and you know, become, uh, you know, less afraid. And I think that's also something that, um, you know, this program gives to me. Um, it's, it's, just, it's just wonderful. I just so appreciate all the shares that I've heard so far. And, um, you know, and I just know, I know that this program has, has done so much for me. You know, I'm in my, gosh, my 35th year already, and I don't know where the time has gone, but, um, you know, each thing that comes up for me, I feel most of the time I feel grounded in my faith and therefore um, not too afraid to sort of move ahead. Um, might be tiny baby steps, not always a, a big stepper, but um, I, I know that um, God will help me through um, because I can look back and see. I can see all the incredible things that I've been carried through. So I'm just very grateful, and um, I just love hearing all the shares. So thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Darian. Okay, Carl B., you're up, followed by Colleen M. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Okay. Good morning, Katie, uh, and thank you for your service. My name is Carl. I'm a compulsive overeater from Chicago. This is actually my first time uh, sharing on vision, but I've uh, listened uh, over the past year or so, and this meeting has absolutely changed my program, and I want to thank everybody on this meeting for um, for being here. Um, I, I typically listen um, to the recording, and so it's rare for me to be on here live, and so I felt the, the need to share today. Um, um, and I'm calling from Chicago. Um, I, I this reading in particular has really um, this morning. It's 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 very timely for um, for me and for for what I'm experiencing right now. Um, I'm actually um, visiting my mother for the first time in a year and a half. I, I haven't seen her, and um, she was and 
continue and has been a, a bit, one of a binge buddy. And when we were reading this and talking about that God had restored um, me to sanity, I, I, I can see the difference in the way that I approach her and the level of compassion that I have, that she still sits in her disease and, and the difference that, that I have um, in looking at her. And I was thinking about there's a, in, in I have another program as well, and um, it talks about it in, in the seventh step where, you know, the um, the willingness to want the program um, as opposed to needing it. Um, and I feel like I'm in that place um, with her. And I, I don't know, this, 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 this reading in particular, just really, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very nervous because I have so much reverence for this meeting and I want to say the right thing, but I, I just wanted to share that I, I'm incredibly grateful for and what you bring to this meeting every single day. And this reading in particular is, has given me so much. And um, with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, okay. Thank you, Carl. And Colleen M., you're up, followed by Devorah S. Thank you, Katie. Thanks, everyone, that's uh, putting this meeting together for your service. My name is Colleen M. I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Maryland. And I just wanted to, oh, those chairs have been great. Um, this program has been the cornerstone for me. It has um, led me to a life that I never thought was possible. And, you know, starting off, I, uh, I just didn't think this was going to work for me. And uh, I did not get that, you know, overnight, instant um, spiritual awakening. It was uh, definitely a slow educational variety. But when I was willing, when I finally surrendered to my innermost self and was able to accept that I was a food addict and also surrendered to doing what others told me worked for them, and I could get the food down. Uh, God has done so much in changing my thought process and my heart. And like someone else said, um, my relationship, the way I see the world has changed so drastically. And I know I have a long way to go. I still wake up every day thinking like an addict. I still get into selfishness and self-centeredness and I still am human, on it. But um, this, this cornerstone, this, this program, and, and I have to be willing to do the work. I can't want it. I can't need it. I have to do it. And when I do it, it all happens. And that's just such a miracle to me. It was really nothing that I did. I just followed the path that everyone before me laid in front of me. And, um, and God has come by leaps and bounds. And, uh, you know, like, like Nancy says, I have to surrender every day to something new. And, and, and die to self and ask my higher power to show me and direct me today on what he would like me to be and do. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Sorry. Okay. Uh, thank you so much, Colleen um, and Deborah S. It's your turn, followed by Toby W. Hey, good morning. And thank you, Katie, and everyone on this line that makes this meeting possible. My name is Devora S., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. And, well, with such wonderful shares, thank you. Um, that's our friend's 
cornerstone six, was fixed in place. You know, cornerstone, the basis. What is the basis here? You know, finding a power greater than myself to lead me to sanity. And um, before that, I had to put down the food, which led me to finding that power. Um, thank you, God. And then no later vicissitude has shaken it. No matter what goes on in my life around me, a lot of good things, a lot of trauma, sickness, death, things happen. But thank you, God, I could show up for them and work these steps and not turn to the food. What a miracle that is, because truthfully, before program, all roads led to the food. It was like that was the common thing for me. That was the thing that gave me the relief. And today, I don't have to do that. Today, I need to turn to my, my, I turn to God. I turn to the fellowship. I work this program. Um, I know that the food is not going to give me the relief. Um, it's going to make whatever situation worse. Um, but I know when I turn my life to God and when I, when I talk to another person, um, yeah, the pain could still be there, but I'm not, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not delving into the food. And um, it's okay to feel the pain and to work through it. And I can only do that with God and with you and with the steps. So I'm so grateful for this opportunity because that is God restoring me to sanity. Um, and, um, and I'm so grateful for this opportunity each day to be working this. This is truly a gift in my life to be given these 12 steps and to live life the way that God wants me and intended me to do. Um, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Devorah. Okay, Toby W., you're up, followed by Blanca. Thank you. Thank you. My name is Toby W., and I live in the Boston area. And I wanted to share today because of this paragraph, and I don't know if I'm going to get emotional about this or not. But on February 23rd, after many years, I came into OA in 1978, uh, and I've had some abstinence, but nothing like this. February 23rd, um, I don't know what it was other than God, and the, it was taken away. The obsession and the compulsion was just taken away. I'm 85 with a lot of health issues, and not once during these past weeks has the thought come to eat other than my my planned meals. Uh, I had surgery Monday, and I made my meals in advance, put them in the refrigerator, took my breakfast with me. Um, the miracle, it, it, it's just a miracle that the desire, the obsession has been lifted. And that is because every day I thank God. I thank God for the miracles. I ask God for help. And I reach out to others. And I'm going to be doing the steps again, starting, uh, this, starting tonight. And, um, and then I plan to, you know, help others to get through this. To this. But I, I'm speech, I, I, I got to stop talking because I don't have anything else to say. I'll, no, the only thing I can say is if you're out there and you're saying you're too old 
or it's too late or I'm too sick or I'm too anything, that to me is a bunch now of BS. So anyway, with that, I pass. Thank you, Toby. Okay, we have three more minutes. We have uh, two more people, Blanca and Vivian. So uh, we may have time for you, uh, Vivian, but go ahead, Blanca. Hi, good morning. Um, may I be heard? Yes. Um, I, um, I'll i be brief. I just was, uh, I wanted to say that I was watching the news last night and uh, there was a, a story about how so many people are going back to work now that the vaccine has been uh, has been given out and they said that they were rushing to diet clubs and the membership for diet clubs had gone sky high and um, people were exercising, you know, voraciously to get back into shape, to get into the office. And I just remember thinking, oh, we're it that easy. If that had, had, had that had worked for me, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be talking to, um, on this line right now. I would not have walked into the OA rooms. Because as I know now, after so many years in program, it's not that easy. It's not a diet club and it's not exercising for, for an hour every day to get ready for an event. It's um, a, a long time of, of hard work, of listening to others share, of uh, the big book and, and taking the time to peel back the dysfunctional layers of my life. Um, I wish it had been magic but it wasn't but you know what this is better because now I have a way of life that will be with me for the rest of my life no quick fix but that's okay and on that I'll pass okay thank you so much Blanca and Vivian you have about a minute and a half if you want to take it yes good morning thank you so much for your service thank you all for those Remarkable shares uh, from Vivian in Vermont. I'm a compulsive overeater and food addict in recovery today. Um, I, you know, I've been listening to the meetings mostly every day. I do, and every once in a while, if, if you know, I have an appointment or something I need to do, I can't. Uh, but uh, I, I just really, it starts my day off, and then I do, you know, other other things in terms of meditation and reading. I, I have a program. I have a program that teaches me how to live. And I have a program that's changed my life. And a couple of incidences, I'll make this quick. I won't go into detail. But yesterday, um, I was at the market in the parking lot, the grocery store, and a man, for no apparent reason, reason he was very angry at something. It couldn't have been me because I don't know him. And I didn't do anything to antagonize him that I was aware of. He started yelling at me, really yelling at me uh, for like I say, for no reason. My dog was in the car. This is how this program has changed my life. I did not say one word. I stayed in my car. I decided it's not wise to go in and leave my dog in the car. And it's very cool where I live, so it's safe to leave him in. It's still in the 40s and 50s here. And um, I just wanted to preface that um, because I'm a dog lover as well. Um, and, uh, and I drove away. I didn't think... This is what I would have done before. I'm in front of the market. I have to get in there and get some food. This is really upsetting me. Maybe my dog will be safe. Maybe he won't harm my dog. No. I thought about my dog. I thought about removing myself from an undesirable situation 
without any retaliation, without any buildup of emotions, because I wasn't alone with my dog. My higher power was with me, and he always tells me what the right thing is to do. I don't always listen, but the message is always there. It has literally changed my life. Um, I don't know how much time I have left, but last night I dropped Okay, time, please, actually. Okay, thank you so much. I pass. Thank you. Okay, well, thank you so much, and thank you to everyone who shared this morning. And please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, May 12, 2021, 7 a.m. meeting is 16,928. And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Lauren and please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you, Katie. Thank you all visionaries for being here one day at a time. I am so grateful. Lauren N. Compulsive Overeater, Sugar Addict from New York. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.